back to the Stu Simpson Show. And today's very special guest we have is Trisha Maynell. Hello, Trisha. How are you? Hello, Stu. I'm fine. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm all right. I'm happy to be in London. So which is, it takes me away from, from the village for a change. It, it's, it changes as good as the rest, as they say. <laughs> so, so they say. I'm quite happy in the village, personally. Yes. So I'll, I like to get away. Sometimes I get a little bit, I feel a bit uh, claustrophobic there. So for the people listening at home, what village are we talking about? <laughs> We are talking about a very small but perfectly formed village in North Cumbria called Castle Carrick, which is, I don't know, the population's about 260-ish, 85 houses, as Steve will know, because he's probably stuffed flyers for things like Music on the Mar through all of those letterboxes. And actually, Stu and Richard have the worst letterbox in Castle Carrick, and I know that because I deliver newspapers on Mondays, and you get your fingers pinched off. It's not a good one. I'm, t- I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've told them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're here today uh, on the Stu Simpson show to talk about because it's all about creativity and you're an extremely creative person in many different forms but I mostly know your work through your photography. Uh, do, have you always been a photographer? I have not always been a photographer no I mean I, I always liked little sort of snaps on my Kodak Instamatic I think they were called I mean this is we're talking hundreds of years ago now because I'm very very old um, so I've always liked pictures and images and art in general. I did actually art A-level another hundred years ago. Um, but it wasn't until really about 19, late 80s when I actually started getting into photography and I actually had some lessons and, and learned how to um, do things in dark rooms, developing and printing and all that sort of stuff. So I was hooked from then on, I suppose. Although I've had other jobs as well in between and alongside so but it really started in the, in the kind of in the mid 80s which I suppose that's also quite a long time now isn't it not to me it's not <laughs> it's, it feels like it was five minutes ago but uh, so to any younger listeners and I don't think there's that many of them who listen to, to the Stu Simpson show so that's all right so the, the general people who'll be listening they'll think it was just yesterday it's all right <laughs> well that's good so do I so um so did you paint before you took pictures? No, I really can't paint. I, I don't know how I've managed to get my art A-level, to be honest, and, and I can't paint now. And, and as you know, Stu, a lot of my work is quite abstract. And so sometimes I get this urge, I think, well, if I can make a picture look like that with a camera, surely I can just, I could copy that picture with paint. And so I get a nice big piece of paper out, some acrylics or something, and I start flinging paint around. I cannot do it. I have great admiration for you because you can, and, and I simply can't, which I suppose is why I use my camera as, as my, my artistic tool, because I am not capable of painting a picture with a brush. So explain to the listeners uh, what you, how, you're, how they can see your work in a sense of, because um, the reason why I wanted to talk to you is your photographs are extremely painterly-like, for a want of a better word. Because a, a number of people I've talked to about your work is that they say, oh, they look like paintings, then you come closer and you realise it's a photograph. It's it's very clever. I don't know anybody else who uses a camera like you. So where did that idea come from? Well, it's not really my idea. I mean, a lot of people use the same technique. It's called um, intentional camera movement, ICM, um, which, which means instead of lots of sort of tricky in, in Photoshop and post-production stuff, you're actually making the image in camera. But how you do that, uh, to sort of make a simple thing out of it is you have a very slow the, the slower shutter speed that you can have um, uh, well as long as you balance the light as well but the show is the slower shutter speed you can have for the given conditions and you actually move the camera around uh, while you're shooting so if you've got like a you know two second exposure 
you're actually moving the camera for the whole of that two seconds. But um, people do it differently. I, I really like um, abstract landscapes. So if I'm, for example, in the Lake District and I'm looking over a lake and in the background of the lake, there are some mountains and they're all, you know, you, you can imagine in your own mind what a mountain behind a lake would look like. So there's a certain shape and the contours of, of that mountain. So I will um, look at that quite carefully. And then when I'm actually shooting, I will move the camera along the contours of the mountain in the same sort of shape. Obviously you're not gonna get it exactly the same because you, you can't actually see what you're doing at that stage. Um, so you're just kind of hoping you're getting the camera in, in the right angle and um, it's surprising what you come up with. I mean, you do come up with uh, things which do look like abstract landscapes. They are abstract landscapes. They, um, they're not true to form, they're true to color really and sort of the basic shape, but it's quite hard to explain really. People think I'm a bit mad. I'm standing out there kind of swinging the camera around. They think, you know, what's the matter with her? She needs a tripod. Um, Actually, no, I don't need a tripod. I can't move the camera if it's on a tripod. But you do get some weird looks, but um, I like the results. And I prefer the results to just taking a straight picture of a landscape because you know anybody can see that. It's nice to have it on a postcard, but for art to hang on the wall, for me personally, I don't want a true representation of anything, really. I'd rather have an abstract something, which is just kind of the essence of what, what was there before my eyes. I'd spend longer looking at one of your photographs than I would of a, a, a nice photograph in in, in quotes. That because there's it draws you in more. There's something about it which yeah. is that you want to explore. You go. I, I would never have thought to look at something in that way. So it, yeah. the way that you the way that you're looking at what you're seeing before you is something deeper than just the surface level in my in my opinion it's so that's why i yeah. sort of actually see you as an artist and not a photographer if that, i hope that's oh, not offensive yes. it's a blurry line i don't really know what to say but if somebody asks me what i am i say i'm a photographer because it's easier than saying i'm an, an artist and then they say what sort of artist and then i have to say photographer um but but i think it's um i, I like the way it kind of leaves you open to interpretation your own interpretation you can make of it what you will it's like you know a song one of your songs i mean you you may have a a really a, a particular meaning behind one of your songs and somebody else might listen to it and think oh actually you know you get your own personal meaning from that and I think that's the beauty of art you can make it what you want to be absolutely I prefer music and art that does that things which are, are quite like one of my favorite artists of all time is Kirk Cobain uh, as a musician artist of all um, because his lyrics are so open to it to interpretation because it's actually it's more like poetry than it is lyrics so you can sort of, yeah, I, I really yeah. So your brain does a different thing. Uh, so do you prefer analog or digital? Because they're, they're very different mediums. They're very different mediums. I very rarely shoot analog now because I haven't got a darkroom. Um, digital, initially, like 20 years ago, I was really skeptical about digital and I thought, oh, you can't do that. It's not proper photography. You know, it's not, no, you can't do that. It's, it's trickery, but actually it really isn't at all because um, you're, you're doing the same Sort of things in a dark room as you are with a digital camera really you're dodging and burning and making things darker or lighter and um, leaving them in chemicals for longer or less long to get different effects so actually with digital it, it's it's just the same a danger with digital for a lot of people uh, is over photoshopping over producing images and spending hours on each image when it comes out of the camera and 
I just can't be bothered with all that, to be honest. And actually, I don't really understand Photoshop, which can be a problem because I also work in a secondary school in the art department and we do GCSE and A-level photography. And I'm always getting called over, Miss, can you tell me how to do this in Photoshop? And, and I say, I'm sorry, I can't ask your mate, you know. Um, so it's a bit of a problem. But I, yeah, I've, I've kind of lost the train in this bit. But yeah, I, I think it's, um, yeah, digital is great because you get the results instantly. That's one of the big pluses. You don't have to take your film home, take it out of the camera, develop it, print it. You know what you're going to get. And I suppose it's you, you're, it's less wasteful because you can spend a fortune on film and chemicals and, and get like two shots out of a roll. So it's I kind of I miss the excitement of um, when you would take. So if you've got your develop the pictures developed by somebody else, so you just take your old photographs to the um, Jessops or wherever it was a Boots. I kind of miss the excitement of them turning up, and you and, yeah. and you might have like four or five, which are great out of about out of twenty four. And somebody these days will just, without even think, take 24 pictures. But there's, so the process of that actually, so young people won't know the difference in the sense of, because we're lucky enough to have gone through that process of go, knowing what analog taking pictures is and going and actually setting up the shop properly and understanding what you want to get, but not sure if you're going to get it and you don't just yeah. throw it away. Yeah. Um, so there's a certain magic in that kind of, uh, in, in anticipation which is lost, I think, in the, in, in the modern world. I think that's true. But actually, the, the type of photography I'm doing at the moment, the intentional camera movement, is in a way quite like that, that you've got to get it right. Because if you don't get it right, you just get a, a blur or you just get a sort of washed out image, which is not what you want at all. I mean, I, I have a very clear image in my head every time I'm taking a picture, what I want that picture to look like at the end. And it, it's going to take multiple times to, to get that, that right, which in a sense is like shooting film and then waiting for, for it to come back. Um, it's just that you don't have to take it to the shop and you don't have to wait, but you do have to, you still have to make all those attempts to get the one good one out of that 36, for example. So it's not yeah. entirely different. So what sort of camera do you use? Um, I've got two cameras. I've got a, an, both Nikon. I've got a Nikon D30. 200 I think it's called which is a digital SLR it's um it's pretty middle of the road it's not a not a posh camera um if I don't want to take anything particularly heavy I will take that one or if it looks like it's going to rain I will take that one because I don't mind so much if it gets wet and the other one I've got is a Nikon D610 which is a thing called a full frame camera which is quite big and clunky but the good thing about it is you can really you've got so many um settings on there you can really get a low ISO number which for me is actually really important because I don't I can't work in bright light because I have to have slow shutter speeds so I need to be able to trick the camera a bit and tell it that there's um hundreds of millions of thingies of light coming in and I need to be able to sort of tell it not to um, you know don't pay attention to that what's an ISO number oh gosh I knew you'd ask me that <laughs> uh, well you, you know the answer yourself I suppose but ISO it's the um, it's the equivalent of old fashioned films when you bought something which was um 32 ISO I think it's ASA in the days 32 or 400 or something uh the, basically the higher the number you're using uh the lower light conditions you can work in so the, the main three things with photography as as you will know Steve is, is the shutter speed and then the aperture and the ISO you've got a sort of holy triangle of, of things which make the image work so the ISO is just one kind of part of, of that you've got to balance all those things to get the right amount of light for the right amount of time 
And you talked about um, working in the school as well, which isn't too far from Castle Carrick. Are, there, are, are young people really interested in photography and where it's going now, or is it becoming a lost art form? I think it's probably bigger than ever, though. No, I wish it was. I think um, the arts in general are being pushed out of, of national curriculums. Everybody's maths and science and, you know, the three R's and English and all this stuff. And it, we really have to fight, actually, to get people into the art department. It's getting harder and harder. The ones we do get in, um, yeah, that we, you, we tend to get a mixture. If you take one class of, of kids coming in to study photography properly for the first time, you'll get maybe half of them who are really interested in it and really put a lot of effort in and, and just get it and sort of run with whatever you give them. And others think, oh, you've got to use a camera. Oh, I thought it was just going to be on my phone. So um, yeah, it's always a bit of a mix, but I mean, we try really hard to get people into the arts. We, we do everything we can and bend over backwards to make it exciting and um, fulfilling and nice and experimental. So, so we try. Cam well, pictures and cameras are everywhere, like you were just mentioning with um, things like Instagram and TikTok and all the rest of it. How do you feel about the use of cameras on social media? Because things are just so instant. It's a very, I think it's a very different thing from purposefully taking a picture with a specific camera than it is using a, a phone camera. So do you feel there's a, there's a big difference in that? Yeah, I think there is. It's a different thing altogether, but I, I, I think it's a good thing as well. I think... I mean, I use Instagram. Um, I've not ventured onto TikTok, but Instagram is terrific and you do get instant stuff on there. And, and it, it's really fascinating, depending on who you follow, as long as you're selected. You can see, I see some really interesting imagery on, on Instagram. And I think there's a place for that, most definitely in this digital world. And that just as there's a place for, for analog photography still and digital stuff like I do, I think there's a place for everything. It, it's each their own, really. And, you know, if you're, if you're going to be, exhibiting putting things in a frame then you're not going to be sort of taking snaps on your phone you've got to use a camera to get proper sort of large images and good quality and all that stuff um but i definitely think there's a place for instagram so Love it. what's the process to exhibit that you do um well i'm part of various arts groups so we do put on our own exhibitions so that's kind of one route in uh the other reason is just being known a bit really and get so when somebody else is putting on an exhibition they might contact you and saying doing the show would you like to be part of it um that's happening more to me these days which is good uh, because it's actually a hell of a lot of hard work organizing exhibitions which i still do um so i'm always delighted if somebody rings me up and says oh, do you want to exhibit here and i go yes please so you just drop your work off and, and somebody hangs it up and, and that's it marvelous but so there's the but there's a framing process before the exhibiting as well. So uh, oh yes. Do you do all of your own framing and your, no, your own I don't printing? I do any of my own framing. I used to try and do my own framing, and I got so fed up with dog hairs and bits of dust, and um, you know, you somehow you find a dandelion head in your frame somehow. I mean, any you'd be surprised what will work its way into a what looks like a pristine frame, and you put the back on, and you think, oh yeah, that's perfect, perfect. And just as you put the last tack on the back, and you turn it over just to make sure, and there's the dog hair. So you think, no, I, I use a wonderful framer in Carlisle for everything now. I, I reframe something. If I've, if I've, somebody wants to buy something and I haven't got it framed, but I've got the right sort of size frame, I will take whatever's in it and, and jiggle around. But I don't even like doing that. Still get the So where can people see your work then? Um, at the moment, they can't really see it anywhere unless they go into my downstairs bathroom where it's all stacked up against the wall. Um, next exhibition coming up is 
probably not till August, I think. Uh, and then they can either see in Harrogate and a place called Harlow Car, which is an RHS place actually, which is a sort of exhibition centre as well. Uh, and it's going to be in the Craftsman at the Priory Exhibition at Lanacost in Cumbria. Uh, we do an exhibition there every year for a month, which is great. After that, we've got open studios. I think I've got a couple of other ones. Oh yeah, I've got some work at the moment in um, a place called Willowbeck Lodge, AKA Finney's Kitchen in Scotland, just outside Carlisle, which um, they're hanging a lot of work in there at the moment. So I've got some there. Wonderful. Um, so does, does your work uh, constitute part of your income as well? Is this because it's a part of your profession? Is this yes, your career? it does. <laughs> It's not my career. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet when I grow up. Um, <laughs> it is definitely part of my income, yes. And I have to do my tax returns and figure it all out. It's all very complicated. Yeah, I mean, I actually have three jobs, so that big one of them. So it's um, quite busy. Hmm. Excellent. Oh, well, thank you. Is there anywhere online, if people want to see your work online, so then they can go through the process of going, I really like that and I want to buy some of that stuff. Where can they, where yeah, can they look? Can. I've, have a website which is www.trishamenel.com. Trisha is T R I C I A. Menel is M E Y N E L. Um, I've got a Facebook page called Trisha Menel Photography. Uh, that's my entire online presence. I'm on Instagram, but that's just for sort of snappy stuff rather than exhibition stuff. Wow, that's wonderful. Well, thank you very much for being on the Stu Simpson Show. I've learned a little bit more about photography and a little bit more about you too. So I hope you have a really nice uh, week and we will get this podcast up very, very soon. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honour, Stu. It's an absolute pleasure. So thank you very much and, uh, and I, I will see you when I'm home. <laughs> Good, brilliant. Look forward to that. Okay. Take care.